Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast on Christmas Eve, and it's presented by betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts just use the promo code podcast one so you get that 50% sign-up bonus today. He is the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling, the Super Contest at the Westgate Casino, at Fezzik Sports on Twitter. Steve Fezzik, of course. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, having a really good year here on this podcast, a little topsy-turvy. Week 16 for me came out dead even. Started off terribly, finished with a flourish to get back to even for the week and still up 26 units. We will get into that in a little bit. We have the Fantasy Feast podcast. For those of you that want to check out and play some DFS here in week 17 or in the postseason, Make sure you're listening to Joe Dolan, the number one ranked fantasy analyst, according to Fantasy Pros, over the last five years on the Fantasy Feast podcast. He'll help you get your DFS lineups right. We also have the College Draft podcast to get you ready for the college football playoff, as well as the Ross Tucker football podcast. Did my power rankings today. Uh, Move the Niners down. Move some teams up. You want to listen to that. And then... Uh, tomorrow we'll have Andrew Brent. We'll still have a fresh podcast for you tomorrow. Ross Tucker football podcast on Christmas. There's no rest for the weary in show business. Before we get into the recap, Steve, from last week, I did want to make sure everybody knows during the holiday season, you really should check out the sponsor tab at RossTucker.com because you go through the sponsor tab and we've got Saks underwear and a free trial set from Harry's. And you get a big discount on a Casper mattress. You can get Roman uh, for that issue. Vincero watches, 25% off and free shipping. Modern CBD, 20% off and free shipping. Keeps, you get the first month of treatment free. I'm just telling you, you know, if you only listen to the Even Money podcast, you don't hear a lot of the other sponsored deals that we have. 
Go to RossTucker.com and get a chance. Click Sponsors, and then we have the direct link to untuck it 20% off with code Tucker. Kettlebell Kitchen, use code Ross. You get $25 off your first two orders. I mean, these are things you guys would want and pretty good discounts on them. So encourage you for sure to go over and check those out. All right, Steve, we will start with Houston and Tampa last week. Uh, you passed the game. I put one unit on the Bucks, getting three points, ended up pushing that one 23 to 20. Boy, the Bucks won every stat that mattered except for turnovers and thus the score, Steve. I mean, even without Godwin and Evans, they moved the ball up and down the field. Texans couldn't really move it at all. Uh, and yet the Texans got the win. Five turnovers, four picks from Jameis will tend to do that to you. Yeah, one has to wonder if both those guys weren't there all year long, if Perryman wouldn't be heading to the Pro Bowl. Instead, uh, Jameis is just a gunslinger, and he'll drive you crazy, but he'll get you in the back door as well. Tampa Bay, certainly an exciting team to watch. Then you've got Buffalo and New England. It was our first best bet of the week, Steve. We both liked the under 38, which was looking good for a while. But then, you know, Josh Allen and the Bills, credit to them. They made a couple big plays, which you don't often see against New England. And I was surprised, Steve, how well the Patriots moved the ball against the Bills. I mean, they had to settle for field goals three times, like down near the red zone. But they actually... They actually moved it pretty effectively. They won 24-17. What really hurt me is I put a unit on Buffalo, Steve, getting six and a half points. So when New England scored that last touchdown and then they went for two, which obviously was the right decision, that was the difference between me winning and losing my bet, them going for two rather than just an extra point. So I lost three units there. You lost two units, and we were just wrong. Uh, New England and Buffalo both able to move the ball better than we thought. Yeah, New England certainly was. You know, I still think that the seven points Buffalo put up at the end of the first half is what put the kibosh on our under. That was a little bit unpredictable. But Buffalo did hit one big pass in the third quarter, and after that it was it was done. New England, credit to them, the much-despised Sony Michelle by fantasy owners finally um, – starting to have a couple of good games in a row. You're exactly right. Then in the late game, Niners and the Rams, I took the Niners laying six and a half points. I thought the Rams would pack it in after that loss to the Dallas Cowboys, knowing that their playoff hopes were pretty much done. They didn't at all. I thought the Rams were the better team in that game. I thought the Rams probably should have won that game. Niners snuck it out 34-31 didn't help me I was laying six and a half points so I lost another unit there so that was uh, a minus four unit Saturday for me Steve evidently I stink on Saturdays Uh, let's get to Sunday we didn't have a lot of bets to start Jacksonville Atlanta Uh, I leaned Atlanta you passed Atlanta blew out Jacksonville Probably should have put the units on them. Baltimore-Cleveland, I leaned Baltimore. Cleveland actually had the lead. You leaned Cleveland. Baltimore ended up covering the 10 points. They won 31-15. Then you get to New Orleans and Tennessee. 
New Orleans was laying three points. And Steve, you have put two units on the Titans. I lean New Orleans. And the Titans were up 14 nothing. They were rolling. Even 14-3 late in the first half. Your three points looked good. And then they scored five touchdowns in a row. Yeah, and even despite that, it, in the end game, the Titans trailed by three and were driving. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, gosh, they're going to put this game into overtime and then I'm going to lose by six in overtime. Well, I didn't have to worry about that fate after um, a vicious hit on my receiver forces a fumble, returned back to the 27. At least we know what happened. New Orleans gets the final score to cover the game. Carolina, Indy, we both passed. Cincinnati, Miami, we both passed. I think it's really interesting, Steve. I, I, I just got to ask you this. You know, the Bengals eventually locked up the number one seed. I cannot believe they came back to tie that game. But, you know, they, they had a real chance to potentially screw up their, their draft position if they won that game. Your thoughts on that? Because we're going to talk about that a little bit with the Redskins and the Giants as well. I think that, and you would know more than I, all this talk about tanking, while it is commonplace in the NBA, it is beyond rare in the NFL. And every year lately, um, we've been hearing talk about how all oh, the NFL teams are going to start copying the NBA and trust the process. But you know what, Ross? It simply does not happen. A couple of years ago, they were talking about Buffalo tanking, and Buffalo went to the playoffs. And this year it was Miami. And Miami's got four wins now, and so it's easy to, like, find a bad team that's losing and say, see, they don't want to win. But anyone who watched that game, the Bengals played their hearts out trying to win that game. Yeah, they did. It was, uh, you know, that, that's how football players are. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're going to play their hearts out to try to win a game because that's what they do. Um, let's get to the next game, and that is our next best bet. Uh, Steelers, Jets. I had two units on the Steelers and two units on the under. Steelers were laying three points. You had two units on the under. That was our uh, second and and final best bet of the week. The total was 38. We crushed that. It was 16-10 Jets. Went way under. Unfortunately, I ended up pushing because I had two units on the Steelers who really uh, let me down. Boy, I thought they'd play better than that with everything that was on the line, with the playoff berth. That surprised me. Redskins-Giants. I had a unit on the Redskins getting two and a half points, Steve. And rather than go for two when they scored the game-tying touchdown, they kicked extra point to go to overtime. I could not believe that. And then, of course, it, I mean, it didn't matter either way. A field goal would have got me anyway. But, of course, the Giants then score a touchdown, and I lose a unit there. I cannot believe they did not go for two there. I, I was stunned. I mean, in that situation, that team, I, I don't get it. I don't get it either. And you got to wonder, has Callahan been like living on Mars the past 50 years? Has he ever seen a football game before? Because, Ross, I have. And I can tell you that every team that is underperformed, that's having a horrible year, that's running out the streak at the end of the year that is in that situation has always, always gone for two points. So uh, add to it the fact of um, the draft status, whole idea that winning or losing really doesn't matter much. Why not 
just call the play that the fans want to see rather than kick. And also, if the pressure it puts on your poor kicker, how many times when teams that when the game really matters and a team goes ahead and kicks for the tie, do they wind up missing that kick? Um, so too much pressure put on the kicker as well. Go for two. Come on. Well, and the good news, I think, for the Redskins is that they lost because they were going to go ahead and they were going to uh, be in a situation where they would have lost out on Chase Young, who is a difference-making, dynamic defensive player. Now they get him and the Giants don't. Oakland, L.A., I went on a hot streak then, Steve, after that. So uh, Oakland, L.A., the... Chargers were laying seven points. I put one unit on the Raiders. They won outright 24-17. Denver was laying six to Detroit. I put a one unit on the Broncos. They won by 10. Obviously, I wish I would have put two units on both of those. Dallas-Philly, we both leaned Dallas. That was, like, th- th- that was one of the worst losses by any team all year. And I would argue, Steve one of the worst losses in Cowboys franchise history. It's the last year of Dak Prescott's rookie contract. They're healthy. They've got Zeke and Amari and all these guys. And the Eagles came into the game totally beat up. Then they get even Ertz gets hurt and Darby gets hurt. Like, that's a disgrace that they not only lost, they got dominated. Yeah, there's no way that the Dallas D should let Wentz put up 400 yards when his number one target, his number one target, Dallas Goddard. Ross, he looks a little bit like you going down the field. Um, shouldn't let that dude get nine catches for 100 yards against you. And Dak Prescott, you, I agree that Cowboys are healthy. I don't think Dak's healthy. The eye test said Dak had wide open receivers going across the middle against that suspect Philly secondary, and he didn't hit them. In fact, I looked up the uh, next-gen stats on him in terms of completion percentage, how many he should have completed versus what he did, and this is his third straight week that Dak has underperformed, and this was the worst of all of them. Only 56% completion rate, and those receivers were open. I really have to wonder how injured Dak is, despite not appearing on the injury list, curiously, on Friday. Yeah, I mean, he missed a bunch of wide-open throws. There were a bunch of drops. That was brutal. Arizona-Seattle was my best call of the week. I put two units on the Arizona Cardinals getting nine and a half points. They won outright by 14, 27-13. That helped. And then Sunday Night Football, I put a unit on the Chiefs laying five and a half points. Thought there was a chance they would kick the Bears' butt. That's exactly what happened, 26-3. So quite the run for me in the late games and on Sunday Night Football, Monday night, Steve, uh, last night you had the Vikings laying five and a half against the Packers, two units. They got destroyed last night. I mean, that game wasn't even as close as the score indicated. I am really surprised. I really did not expect the Packers to do that to them. So I made one of the best business decisions I have in a long time and that I whacked out all my radio hits and my podcasts last night so this is probably the first time in three years i've missed the monday night game and thank goodness ross because all i did is look at the box scores and i saw kirk cousins and his performance although i haven't seen it yet made dak prescott 
look like he is Joe Montana. Uh, Cousins just not to be trusted, apparently, in these biggest of games. For the week, I was zero. I was flat. Saturday, I was terrible. Sunday finished with a flourish. You were down four units, Steve. So that puts us for the year. I am still up 26 units. You are still on the black, up two units. We are 28 uh, wins, 18 losses, and two pushes on our best bets. Onward to week 17 we go. And our week 17 lines, Ross and Steve, presented by betonline.ag, as they always are, using that promo code PODCAST1. Ross, let's start off. Battle of Ohio Part 2, Cleveland at Cincinnati. Cleveland Browns, two-and-a-half-point favorites, and an over-under of 45. And I would mention that right now, if you go to Podcast One Sportsnet today or go to Podcast One Sportsnet Twitter they have instructions. If you email them your bet online account number, you could win a thousand uh, dollar Amazon gift card tomorrow. So if you haven't done that yet, make sure you have a betonline.ag account and you use the promo code podcast one, and then email them your account number, and you might be the person that wins a thousand bucks. They've been giving out one hundred fifty dollars a day for twelve days. Um, I'm going to pass this game. I really don't know what to expect from either team. I guess if I had a lean, I'd lean the Bengals because they're playing at home. They've been playing better. They've already locked up the number one pick, so they can't hurt themselves there. They're playing hard. And I think there's a chance that the Browns quit. In fact, you know what? I just talked myself into it. One unit on the Bengals getting the two and a half points. I'll lean to the Bengals. Let's talk motivation. I have no question the Bengals will bring it here. Rivalry game. We saw the Bengals. They played hard despite the possibility of losing their number one pick last week. Given that's the case, they're certainly going to want to absolutely bring it all against the hated Cleveland Browns. Now, contrast that with the Browns. I'm not sure about their motivation. Talk about a dream crusher. They're supposed to be in a position to make the playoffs this year. And they've completely underperformed seemingly at the end of every game. One of their star wide receivers is yelling with the coach. And frankly, I don't think Cleveland treats their games against the Bengals, the downtrodden Bengals, nearly in the same way as when they play a Pittsburgh or a Baltimore. And of course, they played Baltimore last week. So if they couldn't cover against Baltimore and bring a good effort, I can't see Cleveland excited about this trip to the Queen City. I'll lean to Cincinnati. Steve, the Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings, one-point favorites, total 37.5. So it's all about this time of year, and let's talk Week 17. Motivation, what do you have to play for? And if there's no reason for you to enhance your playoff status, it comes down to what the coach wants to do, and obviously this spread reflects that with the Vikings only laying one. Are they going to play anyone against the Bears? I have no faith in the Bears playing well. So I can't handicap what Zimmer's going to do with his players, so I'm going to pass. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass that game as well. If anything, I would probably lean Chicago just because they're going to try to finish the year strong, try to not have a losing season, whereas the Vikings, I, don't, I still don't think they'll, they're not going to play Dalvin Cook or Madison. They're locked in to the sixth seed now. Ross, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one-point favorites at home against the Atlanta Falcons, over-under 49. 
I don't know why, but I'm pretty intrigued by this game, actually. I think there should be a bunch of points. I think it should be a lot of fun. I am going to pass the game. I would lean Atlanta uh, because they've been really trying to finish strong, but so have the Bucks on some level. I think you could make a case for the two most undervalued teams in the NFL in terms of their overall records versus how they're playing right now would be these two teams. They've been playing like playoff teams. Atlanta, since they're by 5-2, and two, straight up and against the spread, and frankly, all of the wins have been really easy wins as well. But if the Bucks aren't turning the ball over, the Bucks are awesome. That defense played so well against Houston. Think about it. They only gave up 23 points despite all of those Jameis Winston turnovers to play on teams. Unfortunately, they play each other. I pass. Steve, Saints at the Panthers. Uh, Carolina getting 13 points at home with an over-under of 47.5. So I want to bet Carolina. I really do. But I just do not trust their rookie uh, quarterback, Will Greer. And he was good when he was thrown to McCaffrey, not good when he was thrown to everybody else. But there was something that was troubling for me about Carolina. First quarter, fourth and goal from the five, and they go for it. They don't kick the field goal. And that tells me Carolina is completely in evaluation of talent mode, not trying to optimize how they're going to do in games. That's not a team I want to bet on. And New Orleans, with all the motivation to get a buy in the first round, I'll pass. Yeah, I'm going to – man, that's a lot of points. Uh, This kind of goes against everything I normally do, Steve, and believe in. But the Saints, when they kick that off, they they know that they're going to be battling for potentially the one or the two seed. You know, they won't know what's going on with the Packers. They won't know – what's going on that night with the Seahawks and the Niners. I think the Saints are going to come out and play really well. I'm going to put one unit, only one because it's so many points, but one unit on the Saints laying the 13 points. Ross, Jets at the Bills. Jets getting one and a half points here, 36 and a half total. Yeah, I just read as we're recording this, Sean McDermott still has not decided what he's going to do. The Bills are locked in to the number five seed. So you got to think he's going to rest some guys and, you know, get some guys healthy. Anybody that's banged up. I don't know how long he keeps Josh Allen in the game. So I'm actually going to put two units on the Jets getting one and a half points. I think the Jets are going to win the game because uh, I think I just think the Bills are going to end up resting some of their guys and trying to mitigate injury risk. And if the Jets are going to win the game, I know the Jets aren't going to get more than 20 points in this game against that Buffalo defense. And I don't think they're going to get the 20. So if the Jets get 18 points, let me go ahead and do the math here. And Buffalo, they have to score less than 18 for the Jets to win, which seems likely if Josh Allen's not going to play. That total at 37 looks to be very low by NFL standards, but not by Jets and Buffalo Bills standards as, as bad as those offenses are. I'm going to go under 37, two yards. Steve, the Miami Dolphins getting 15 and a half points at the New England Patriots over under 45. So I fully expect New England with every motivation to win and get the number two seed to make that happen. But, of course, I'm concerned that they're going to get up 14 or 17 points and just hand the ball off to Sonny Michelle in the fourth quarter and keep Brady healthy. And Fitzmagic and company certainly could come in the back door. So I'm going first half. 
I'm going to lay eight in the first half on New England. feel much more confident in that bet, two units. Wow, I like that. That's interesting. Uh, what's the line? Minus eight. All right, I'm in on that with you. Two units, best bet, Patriots laying eight points in the first half against the Dolphins. The only thing that gives me any hesitation there is what always gives me hesitation with the Dolphins. Ryan Fitzpatrick does not care about our bets. Ryan Fitzpatrick does not care, Steve, about what's supposed to happen. The best bet. All right, next game, Ross. It's the Chargers and the Chiefs. Chiefs laying eight points at home against L.A. Over under 46 and a half. Wow. That surprises me. The Chargers have kind of packed it in for the year. The Chiefs at the time will still think that they're playing for the number two seed potentially. Although I don't really think that they believe that the Patriots are going to lose to the Dolphins. So I'm only going to put one unit on the Chiefs because I'm a little bit nervous that Andy Reid, he had a tendency in Philly to sit guys when it didn't matter. So I don't know what he does. That's an interesting one, Steve, where you, you could have a chance at a buy, but only if a 15-and-a-half-point home favorite loses. I don't know how I would play that one. I'm going to tell you how we're going to play this one, Ross. We're going to play the first half as well, because the last thing I'm going to do is play the Chiefs minus eight and then look up to New England up 28 points at halftime and then watch the Chiefs go ahead and rest Mahomes in the second half and company and coast to a six-point victory. So we're going to play Kansas City minus four in the first half when there's the entire team is still fully motivated with um, dreams of a number two seed dancing their heads. So minus four first half, two units on the Chiefs. Yeah, I love these half things. I had never done that before, except for maybe last year at this time. I love it. Two units, Chiefs laying the four points in the first half. I'm with you. Another best bet. The best bet. All right, Ross, Tennessee at Houston. Uh, Houston getting four points, a total of 45. So this is funny because it's in Houston. They're the division champs. Bill O'Brien said they're going to play to win, but Vegas, Steve, is not buying it. Vegas has the Titans as four-point favorites. They are not believing what Bill O'Brien is telling them, uh, which is interesting. I'm not really either. Uh, It doesn't make any sense for him to do that. They'll be locked into the four seed after the Chiefs win. I think he's just saying that I'm going to pass this game entirely. I do think the Titans end up winning it. I just don't know exactly how the Texans are going to play it, but I don't think they're going to have Deshaun Watson out there all game. That's for sure. Yeah, and you nailed it. It's all about the Kansas City Chiefs game because the only way that this game can mean something to Houston is if they have a chance to move up to the number three seed. Well, look at this. They made this a 125 Pacific time start. Merry Christmas, everyone. So if you're going to bet this game, I really think you need to just follow the Kansas City game and make sure Kansas City is going to win. As soon as it becomes clear that the Chiefs are going to win, you're going to see money start to pour in on Tennessee because O'Brien is going to be handed the information, hey, this game is meaningless, and if Watson gets hurt in this game, you'll never coach in the NFL again. I mean, that's just 
common sense that that's going to wind up happening. So wait, make sure Kansas City is going to win. Then you can bet Tennessee. You might have to lay five at that point, but it would probably close Tennessee minus six and a half. However, if Kansas City by some reason uh, spits the bet and loses to the Chargers, then all of a sudden we've got a great bet on Houston because Houston's going to go ahead and play because I'll have something to play for. So wait for the Kansas City info. Next game, Steve, Indianapolis at Jacksonville. And the Jags are getting three and a half points at home against the Colts over under 43. So this surprises me a little bit. I'm going to lean, just a lean to Jacksonville. Of course, I'm concerned with how badly Jacksonville has been playing. But I do think that getting rid of Coughlin is a great move. The old, oh, we got to have all the clocks set forward five minutes. The Coughlin time is no more. They've turned back the clocks in Jacksonville. The players seemingly are happy. They're just not very good. And frankly, Indianapolis hasn't been very good at all. Well, until last week when they got not one, not two, but I would argue three touchdowns because one was set up with one. Three touchdowns resulting from punt returns. Never seen that before. So, yeah, Indy was... um, they clearly crushed Carolina last week, but it was a misleading final score. It wasn't by that margin, T.Y. Hilton's still not 100%. This Indianapolis team is not very good at all. So, strong lean Jacksonville. Yeah, so I'm just passing the game. I'd probably lean Jacksonville because they're getting the points. I don't know what to expect from the Colts. The Jags have kind of laid down as of late. I, I hate this game. Let's move on. Washington at Dallas. Cowboys, 10.5-point favorites against the Redskins. Cowboys uh, at home in this one, 44.5 the total. So the Cowboys are front runners. When they start off well and they're winning, they really get it going. I mean, they, they really tend to roll. If they don't, though, uh, they tend to struggle. I kind of like the way the Redskins have been playing lately. And I think Dak is really struggling. Steve, you talked about earlier. I'm going to put a unit on the Redskins, getting the 10.5 points. In fact, I'll put two units on the Redskins, getting 10.5 points. That's a pretty big number. I think they're going to try to finish strong. I'm not so sure that's the case with the Cowboys. I know Jason Garrett can say, hey, guys, the Eagles might lose. We got to win. But I don't know. Two units on the Redskins, getting 10.5. Yeah, I'm going to join you. I'm going to put a unit on the Redskins. The last five games, the Skins have not lost by more than 10 points. I can argue they're one 10-point loss against the Eagles. Skins should have won that game, certainly should have covered the game. Um, and frankly, um, the Washington defense is playing better. And even though the offense has been playing better, Keenum's the better quarterback than Haskins right now. So that's an upgrade, not a downgrade at quarterback as well. So uh, one unit, Washington, best bet? The best bet. Staying in the NFC East, Philadelphia at the New York Giants. Philly favored by four and a half with an over-under of 45 and a half. Go ahead, Steve. This line is all about must win for Philadelphia, and it's about everyone having watched the NFC East game of the year last week. Philly isn't any good. Who is Philly to be laying four and a half? I get it. Philly has been great in these must-win games. But Philly has no wide receivers anymore. And now Zach Ertz, what's this broken rib? Ross, is he going to be able to play with that? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know the answer to that. That's, that's a good question. 
I think he's probably going to try. You know, they just have such an effective other tight end in Dallas Goddard that I don't know. I'm sure he's going to try. Yeah, and I know that Dallas Goddard, you know, I got much more into the fantasy stuff. And I know that he's a, a decent enough receiver, but he's a guy literally that was lined at three catches for like 24 yards for his over-unders for most of the year. And now he's, he's the only weapon, I guess, um, Ward now um, has, has appeared. And a bunch of practice squad guys. Those are the only guys I can even name that are receivers right now for the Eagles. And it's not like the Eagles have a good running game also. So if they're that compromised on offense, I tell you what, the Giants with Barkley back, Barkley had like 27 carries for, or 28 carries for 27 yards when he first came back, and he's been a beast. He looks great lately. Um, I, I certainly know that the Giants could be able to move against the ball against this Philly uh, secondary that is not any good. I think the Giants are going to win the game, and they're catching four and a half. So two bets on this game. I'm going to bet the Giants for two units plus four and a half, and I'm going to bet Saquon Barkley rush yards over 90. I think it'll be about 90 because I think the Giants could be very motivated to get him to 1,000 yards, and he needs 89 yards to get to 1,000. So you're going to see a whole lot of Barkley, which normally I wouldn't like, but as well as he's running, I am A-OK with that as well. The Giants in an upset, and Ross Tucker, Dallas. Dallas is going to win the NFC East. Would not surprise me. I mean, I, I've watched every snap the Eagles have played this year. Now they're without Darby, and they might be without Ertz against the Giants team. Daniel Jones just threw five touchdown passes. Saquon looked awesome. The game's in New York. They already pretty much lost the right to draft Chase Young, so now they just want to go out and finish strong and get Giants fans excited for next season and have those two guys play again. Uh, it's on the road. I got two units on the Giants as well. I think it's a true toss-up game. Now, I tend to think the Eagles will win the game on a field goal late. I just They have shown so much resiliency these last three weeks. And under Doug Peterson, it seems like every time they have to win, they somehow do in these December games. Uh, and I think they probably will again. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if they lost. And if they do win, I think it's a really close game. Two units on the Giants getting four and a half points. Another best bet. The best bet. All right, Rossi. Steelers at the Ravens. Steelers, two and a half point favorites. 38, the over-under. Well, John Harbaugh's already said he's not playing uh, Yonda and a bunch of guys. I know a lot of people think that that means, oh, go with the Steelers. I'm not so sure. I know they're going to try to play hard and play to win. Here's the deal. There's only so many guys that can be inactive. There's only so many guys that can't be out there. I wouldn't be surprised if Duck Hodges throws a pick six to Marcus Peters if Marcus plays at all. I also think that, you know, whether it's RG3 or Trace McSorley, they're going to come out and run that offense pretty effectively. It's their chance to show what they can do. Ravens probably want to make sure that they have those guys ready to go in case anything ever happens to Lamar Jackson. I'm passing the game. I think a lot of people would probably take the Steelers. I'm passing it. Yeah, so this line would be 15 if everyone was playing for Baltimore. So that's a pretty hefty adjustment, 17 points. Eight of it is Lamar Jackson by himself. But uh, I'm going to look at the total here. So if Lamar Jackson's worth eight points 
and I go ahead and I remove him from the equation. I already know what this total would have been because these two teams played earlier in the year and it was 44. So uh, Pittsburgh's been trending to lower scoring games since then anyway. So we'll call it, um, but I'll call it 43. So if I take off eight points from 43 just for the Lamar Jackson impact to RG3, now I get a total of 35. And I'm going to remove some players on offense and defense for Baltimore, but I would argue that's probably going to impact the offense, always seems to, more than the defense. So I could make the case the total should be below 35. It's not. It's 38. I'm going to go under two units. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Under two units as well. I didn't even think about that. I wasn't even looking at the total, but you're right. Steelers don't score. Ravens aren't going to score their backup quarterback that much against that Steelers D. Two units under 38 as well. I love it. Another best bet. Wow. We're finishing with a flourish. Hopefully they come through for us, Steve. The best bet. All right, next game, the Oakland Raiders, possibly the final Oakland Raiders game ever at the Denver Broncos. And the Broncos laying three and a half points with a total of 41. So, you know, the Raiders conceivably could still make the playoffs, which is insane. The Broncos, though, are really finishing strong, which is why they're laying three and a half points. I kind of like the Broncos to win the game. I'm not going to lay the points with them. I'll just pass this one. I guess it's a, I guess it's a lean Denver. They've been playing a lot better as of late. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty sure there's a right side to this game. The problem is, I don't know what it is. I think it's Oakland. And the fact that they wake up this morning and they're still alive for a playoff berth and they've gone from a 1% chance to about an 8% chance is pretty amazing. So the players will be excited. But, you know, that win last week in Southern California in front of Raider Nation, that was a huge win because the whole um, narrative on the Raiders was what a disappointing season and they lost their finale in the black hole and this is terrible. And now the narrative is like, wow, we can't wait till we get to Vegas and everything's great and we're still alive for the playoffs. So the team will be sky high, but I wonder off of the back-to-back emotional, I'll call them home wins, even though one was in LA, um, our home win last week, are the Raiders going to come up flat now? The altitude in Denver, that's my one concern. I'll still lean Oakland. And the final game, Sunday Night Football, game number 256 of the regular season. San Francisco 49ers laying three points at the Seattle Seahawks with a total of 47. Very good. A quick housekeeping item. We're going to skip Green Bay, Detroit, and we're going to skip Arizona and the Rams because I don't see lines up on either one of those games right now, and I wouldn't have had anything even on any rogue lines that were up right now. In this game, you know, initially I, I was like, wow, what an adjustment. Seattle has no running backs. They've got a dude named Homer. Don't know anything about him. I think he was from the University of Miami, and he has eight carries year to date. But with uh, ProSyce, their third string running back, out with a broken arm, and their top two guys, Carson and Penny, out. Seattle has nothing left to run the ball with. And that's a real problem because that's what the offense does for Seattle is run the ball. But the adjustment's been made because this line was pick them on the look ahead. And now San Fran is laying three. Seems like a little bit of an over-adjustment. San Fran has their own injuries to worry about, specifically on the D-line. I don't know if D. Ford's going to play or not, but there's other guys missing. So I was tempted to play Seattle. And then the more I think about this, you know, I'm concerned this game doesn't actually mean that much to Seattle. And that's crazy. They can win the division if they win this game. 
But if they win the division, they're the third seed and they play the Vikings at home. If they lose, I believe they're, then they're the fifth. Yeah, they're the fifth seed and they get to play the Eagles or the Cowboys. And it almost seems like, well, it looks like that that first round playoff game doesn't really matter very much in terms of their win probability. If they're all injured, are they really going to go all in to win this game? Probably they will, but it is a concern. I'm going to pass. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if the Seahawks get a boost from Marshawn Lynch, who has signed with them, or even Robert Turbin. And then the other thought is the Niners really aren't playing that great. Now, I expect them to go in there and win and take care of business. But I don't know. I, I, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I'm going to put one unit on the 49ers laying the three points. I think they're going to take care of business. The number one seed is so significant. The Seahawks, it's interesting, Steve, they're going to be in a position when this game kicks off because I fully expect the Packers as well as the Saints to both win, where if they win, they're the three seed and they play the Vikings at home. If they lose, they're the five seed and they play either the Eagles or the Cowboys on the road. And they'll know who that opponent is. So, I don't know. I actually put a Twitter poll out, Steve, at Ross Tucker NFL. Who would you rather play? Would you rather play the Vikings at home or like the Eagles or Cowboys on the road? Now, let me ask you, Ross, as a player, how much of a motivation is that for you to say, you know, well, the last thing I want to do come New Year's time is get on a plane right after and fly across the country to Philadelphia, though? I don't think you look at it that way. I think the players want to be division champs. I think they want to beat the Niners twice. I think the players want to be division champs, get a home playoff game. I don't think they're afraid of Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. So I think that they I think they want to win. I just think it's interesting from an organization standpoint as much as anything. So I understand why the Cardinals game isn't Cardinals Rams doesn't have a line. Why does the Packers and Lions not? I think it's because it's Christmas Eve and the books, although it's obvious that Green Bay is ultra motivated to go ahead and win and that adjustment's been made. One, one book I see put up a 13 on that game. It was 10, I think, when I, last night. And so with a skeleton staff, staff up, a lot of the uh, sports books just haven't gotten around to uh, posting that game. But, but if you'd like to make a wager on that game, it is available. One book I see. 13 Green Bay's laying, and the total's 43. And i got to tell you, Ross, Green Bay laying 13 doesn't look right to me. I'll go ahead and throw out that it's strong lean to the Detroit Lions. Green Bay's not good enough to be laying 13, even against the worst team in the NFL on the road. Wow, man, they could be going for home field advantage. I, I don't know. I, but it is a short week. I'll just pass that game. Excellent stuff, Steve. Hopefully we have a nice week 17 to finish up the NFL regular season. Of course, we are year-round. We're not going anywhere. You'll get our picks throughout the playoffs. Then we even give you some picks, March Madness and things like that. And we dive a little bit more into parlays and teasers and the strategy. We get some good guests on. Maybe I'll get somebody from BetQL, that app that you guys know I love, the BetQL app. Maybe we'll get a guest from there at some point this offseason. It'll be awesome. Have a great – speaking of awesome, I hope you guys have an awesome Christmas Eve, awesome Christmas. 
and an awesome week 17 in the NFL. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.